Welcome, great patriotic friends, to January 29th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. It is I, your host, Joseph DeCristoforo. And one of the reasons I do this show is because I am on a mission from Uncle Sam to make history as fun and exciting as one could possibly make a history podcast. And the show is going through some changes. I've been working on my YouTube channel and getting that set up, but so far it's been a slow process with a lot of learning on the way. But once it is up, I'll have some fresh new content... Archive shows will appear more interesting than just an audio file. And you'll finally be able to see this tool shit I've been talking about for the last few years. I'm also changing the name. And I'm getting some good feedback on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Joe's Daily U.S. History List. How about Joe's Daily Patriotic Nuggets? Or Daily Patriotic Whoppers by Joe? Or how about Joe's Daily Patriotic Pass, as somebody suggested? I don't know. I'm having a hard time making up my mind on this one. So keep the suggestions coming. And as always, thanks for listening and participating. And now let's begin the show as we normally do with the Pledge of Allegiance. Let's everybody stand up, face the flag if we have one, and put our right hands over our hearts. And begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Booyah, America! And now on to today's headlines. We'll wish a happy birthday to William McKinley. Plus, Bleeding Kansas enters the Union, and the Eiffel Tower in Tennessee becomes a historic landmark. All right, so now let's get started. 1761, happy birthday, Swiss-American speaker Albert Gallatin, America's father of ethnology. What is ethnology, you may ask? I'll get to that. But first of all, born in Geneva, Gallatin moved to America in the 1780s, winding up in Pennsylvania. Known for being a true diplomat, he was sent to try and calm down tempers during the Whiskey Rebellion, where attacks on whiskey got farmers in western Pennsylvania all wound up, creating an uprising. During the summer of 1792, Gallatin met some of these insurgents near Pittsburgh, where some of them wound up on a list of people President George Washington wanted arrested. In an alternate universe, according to L. Neil Smith, in the probability brooch as part of the North American Confederacy series, Gallatin actually joined and led the farmers' insurgency, held President Washington guilty for treason, executed him, and from there Gallatin was made the second president of the U.S. until the year 1812. But back on Earth, however, as an anti-Hamiltonian, Gallatin became a stout speaker for the Democratic-Republican Party and in 1795 became a member of the House of Representatives, where he would serve for what would become the Ways and Means Committee and then was elected America's fourth Secretary of Treasury, serving the longest tenure yet, from President Thomas Jefferson to James Madison from 1801 to 1814. So, what did he do all those years in charge of the American money system? He opposed Alexander Hamilton's views and, depending on who you ask, lowered the national debt $23 million. Even with the $15 million Louisiana Purchase. Completely opposed to the War of 1812, I mean, for one thing, so much for bringing down all that debt, right? Gallatin would, nonetheless, sail to Europe and serve as a huge role in settling matters in long, mind-numbing discussions between the U.S. delegates Henry Clay and John Quincy Adams and delegates from the U.K. during the Treaty of Ghent in August 1814. Staying put, he would serve as United States Minister to France until 1823 and then came home to Pennsylvania. For the election of 1824, he was thrusted into the campaign under William Crawford, who would oppose Andrew Jackson, J.Q.A., and Henry Clay. 
It did not help Gallatin's career as he would have to withdraw due to his lack of popular support. After serving U.S. Minister to the U.K. from 1826-1827, he retired and moved to New York, where he would become president of New York University in 1831 and the Gallatin Bank of New York. Now, I mentioned in the beginning he's the father of ethnology here in the U.S., which is the study of linguistic characteristics between North and South indigenous American natives. Towards the last few years of his life, Albert Gallatin personally talked with Lewis Cass, William Clark, and Thomas McKinney from the Bureau of Indian Affairs, as well as Cherokee tribal leaders John Ridge, and in 1826 wrote and published A Table of Indian Languages of the United States and Synopsis of the Indian Tribes of North America. In 1836, Albert Gallatin, who originally emigrated here to the United States and served on the 1789 Constitutional Convention in Philly, the oldest member of Thomas Jefferson's cabinet, passed away on August 12, 1849, in what is now Queens, New York, at age 88. A diplomat, speaker, and American father of ethnology. Happy birthday, Albert! 1861. Bleeding Kansas enters the Union. In 1854, when Kansas and Nebraska were set up as territories, the folks of Nebraska didn't want slavery, and the folks of Kansas did. There was violence on both sides. John Brown led a group of anti-slaveries to Kansas to raid Harper's Ferry, and pro-slavery groups invaded the town of Lawrence during the middle of the Civil War, killed 200 men, and burned the town. 1993. Eiffel Tower in Paris, Tennessee becomes a historic landmark. At 60 feet tall, this replica doesn't quite compare to the original 880-foot tower in the land of Escargot and Cabernet Sauvignon, or as I like to call it, Cabernet Savignon, since I don't speak French. The concept came from Christian Brothers University in Memphis by civil engineering professor Dr. Tom Morrison, assistant professor of mechanical engineering Jim Jacobs, and engineering lab tech Roland Raffinati. There are 15 cities in America named Paris, and in April 1991, the mayor of the one in Tennessee called on the mayors of the other cities, as well as the Paris in France, to come over and check out this Paris. And that is when the members of CBU approached the mayor and suggested donating an Eiffel Tower replica. 5,000 pieces of Douglas fir, 6,000 steel rods, and 10,000 hours of volunteer service would lead to this Tennessee landmark. You'll find it in Henry County, named after founding father Patrick. As in, give me liberty and give me death, that Patrick Henry. Viva la Tennessee! And so that, my friends, is going to wrap it up for January 29th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. Once again, I'm your host, Joseph DeCristoforo. Check out the website, joesdailyushistorylesson.com, as well as the Facebook page. Let me know what you think about today's episode. For instance, William McKinley. Everything you've ever wanted to know about him and so much more, hopefully. Or is there anything that I missed? Or what about Brenda Spencer? Is she the one who started the ugly school shooting trend? Or was it Jeremy? And when I say Jeremy, I'm referring to the 1990s video from Pearl Jam, which MTV played in heavy rotation when it came out for about an entire year. So yeah, what's your take on that? I wanted to thank some of the people who have liked my Facebook in the last couple weeks. Kathleen Gurley, Juan Rodriguez, Darius Morid, Wayne Howell, and as always, Beth Guys. Thanks for listening.
Tomorrow's program, by the way, is going to be a little lengthy because, after all, it will be FDR's birthday. He's one of the top five presidents, so I'm going to want to spend a lot of time talking about him. But if I have time, I'll try to get into some Super Bowl news as well as the Lone Ranger. So we'll see what I can do there. And until then, thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks for being great patriotic Americans, and we will see you tomorrow.